Chapter 8, Releasing Authority as a Stepping Stone to Freedom I want to examine a pattern of personal choice that emotionally affects us all, authority. Let's define authority as the person, institution, or thing we give power over our lives. Authority is anyone or anything that we allow to define or control what is possible or probable for us. There are all kinds of authority, but each has the power to command us to do things, to influence our thoughts, and to determine what is right and what is wrong. Usually, the number of authorities we need in our lives is based on our level of consciousness. The less conscious we are, the more authorities we believe we need. We've all been kids and have experienced parental authority, as well as other forms of various authority in our extended family, schools, church, or community. Growing up, one of our big motivations was that we didn't want to upset the authority, whoever it was, or disappoint him or her. We didn't want to aggravate the authority figures in our lives to get anybody mad at us. As adults, we continue this pattern by setting up other authorities. I'd like to discuss some of the suspects. Let's start with our own ego, which has raised human intelligence to the level of an authority. We are confident that we know best, even more. We've made ourselves the ruler of the universe, proclaiming humans as ultimate messiahs of the planet. Our collective ego believes that our intelligence is higher than any other. Giving ourselves such an inflated authority has allowed us to discriminate against others who are different, whether by race, color, gender, culture, or religion. It has allowed us to design belief systems that make it okay to kill other humans, and other forms of life. Sometimes we call that authority God. As humans, we believe strongly in our intelligence, limited though it is. We believe so strongly in our human intelligence that we convince ourselves that some people are less important than others and should therefore be excluded from many ordinary behaviors, from sitting in a restaurant, to marrying whom they wish, from being elected to government office, to being excluded from eternal life. We are in a situation now in which humanity has given itself authority over the planet and all other life forms and organisms. After all, we've been given free will, haven't we? The authority we call God has given us free will as our birthright, right? I'm not denigrating intelligence, but rather I'm questioning how we use it as an authority over other humans and other species like whales and birds and wolves. When we allow human intelligence to be the supreme commander of the planet, it becomes obvious that things aren't going well for many people and species. You probably noticed that when humans start running things, what is in the highest good is rarely mentioned. How do we get this way? My intuitive hypothesis is that during a time of less consciousness, when we cape up against events that were beyond our comprehension, such as death or natural disasters, We became so afraid that it seemed practical to take control of overwhelming situations. We pitted our intelligence against infinite life, and we see the results today. Yet, we still think we're the greatest. A growing consciousness is emerging, but it hasn't transformed enough of us yet. How soon do you think world leaders, church leaders, and business leaders will publicly admit, I don't know? I choose to believe this can happen in an instant. It is only a matter of moments before we all could be humbled by the unknown, incomprehensible, infinite power of life. In this next moment, we could all admit that we don't know. Our intelligence is limited and finite. It cannot offer answers to the most important questions that face us all. Why am I here? What happens after we die? Why did that tragedy happen? We've invented and turned to science and religion to investigate and answer these questions for us, or, at the very least, to provide a way to cope with the unanswered questions. Science and religion both offer an explanation for how our universe came into existence. All religions provide very similar spiritual teachings to guide us on how to live together. 
But religions also have rules that we must follow, or we cannot enjoy the benefits of that particular religious belief. There are rules of exclusion and inclusion, and they must be followed. Certain religions, including Christianity, make God an authority in people's lives and put a lot of emotion around that authority, like guilt, shame, sin, punishment. If you do these things, you'll be good with God. If you don't do these things, then you won't be good with God. I recently had a patient who came to see me burdened by the authority of religion. He's a very intelligent man, and he had studied many of the major religions without finding the freedom he thought believing and practicing the rituals of certain religions would bring him. He was struck over and over again by the rules, regulations, and prescriptions that even the least religious of the religions mandated. When I shared these teachings of the practice with him, he said that he felt less burdened. He decided that what he needed to do to be free was to release himself from the authority he had given religion in his life. He then became life student and took life as his authority. Most of our standard authorities, such as religion and science, were initially created during a time when humanity was in a state of deeper unconsciousness. We needed more absolute authorities that would keep more of us from harming each other. But as a portion of us has evolved in consciousness, we've outgrown the usefulness of some of these authoritarian teachings. Science and religion have a place, but just like our intelligence, we cannot give them the absolute authority over our lives. They don't make us free, more conscious, or more mindful. They make us slaves. They make us toe the mark. Although we're no longer children, we still don't want to upset or disappoint the authorities in our lives. How can we grow to be truthful when we don't want to upset an authority figure? How can we tell the truth when those emotions around authority are at stake? Don't want to make it worse. Don't want to aggravate anybody. Don't want to be rejected. I don't want them to not like me. It's natural to react this way when we're ignorant of or not conscious of our true power. As we aspire to higher levels of intuitive truth, I can honestly tell you that you won't care what any perceived authority thinks of you. Authority always thinks it's right, but what it thinks is right may not be right for you. We all know people who do not let science or religions control their lives. Society thinks of them as oddballs or radicals. What must they base their lives on, we wonder? Those people have most likely become students of life. They have found that it is possible to live a peaceful life full of love, acceptance, and compassion without using religion, science, or their own personal or collective intelligence as an authority. Without that triumphate of authority, they can be moved instead by what is beyond their comprehension, life. As a result, they are more willing to do what is in the highest good for all. They are more open to being guided by the divine order of life. They are more free to do God's will, and they are not so hooked by whether or not others accept them. Another big authority that most people realize has power over them is possessions. To a large degree, our possessions control our lives. They can be handcuffs on your soul. The need or wish or drive to acquire things is, again, a man-made authority. The possessions we tend to think are most important are those society has sanctioned as good, important titles, big houses, big cars, beautiful bodies, a successful career, fame, and wealth. Technology is the new and powerful authority. There's nothing wrong with any of these possessions, unless having them means we compromise the highest good. On their own, they signify a level of accomplishment and dedication. Does having such possessions signify that the highest good of all has always been considered? Not necessarily. Often, it is quite the contrary. These possessions are accumulated not for the highest good of all, but for the highest good of me. Many people who are rich in possessions have missed or are ignorant of the eternal spiritual journey and the surrender it requires. 
They remain slaves to the authority of what they believe are their own accomplishments and the rewards those accomplishments have produced, their possessions. They have reached a false pinnacle and become complacent. Many people believe that such desired possessions won't come into a life that is surrendered to doing only what is in the highest good from a place of peace, love, acceptance, and compassion. But they are mistaken. Possessions then become the simple byproduct of the practice of living life fully and unconditionally for the highest good. From a space of higher consciousness, we are more than ready to let such possessions go if life requires it. These people look to infinite life as the only authority. If you have an attachment to material possessions, you may believe the real authority in your life is your boss who makes you do something that you really don't want to do. But in reality, the real authority is the possessions that you don't want to lose should you disobey your boss. In reality, those possessions have become the authority in your life. They are keeping you in an unhealthy situation because their worth in your life has more authority than doing what's in the highest good for all, for God, for life. There are certain situations in which we must accept authority, such as a work situation. In this case, for example, you don't accept your boss as authority over your whole life, but only during specific moments in your life that you are required to do something as a part of your job. If your boss asks you to do something you believe is unethical, you owe it to yourself to say, I don't agree with what you're asking me to do because I don't believe it is in alignment with the highest good, but you are my boss and I will do what you ask. Speak your truth kindly and politely, but if you wish to stay at the job, do as your boss asks. When you reach a point, when you are in conflict with doing something your boss asks you to do, it probably indicates that that job is no longer in your highest good. You must rely on the order of life to give you another job. You must leave knowing it is in the highest good and trusting that life will take care of you. When you are fearful, you tend to stay in oppression. Fear leads to oppression. If you aren't full of fear, then you will go with what's in the highest good and say to your boss, I believe what you are asking me to do is unethical. Is there another way to do it? Give your boss the opportunity to think about what's in the highest good. If he or she says no, then you tell your boss you'll have to consider your options. People can become addicted to being an authority. The most godly people are humble and meek, and they never speak of themselves as an authority. If we know who we are and what we are, we are immune to the authority because we are not looking to be validated or to validate in that way. God's order within life is our authority. You see, authority is fine until you become conscious enough to reject it. No matter what position you are in, you are never a slave. We are all free, not because of our choices, but because being free to do God's will is in the highest good. Yet, we often resist leaving authorities because leaving means changing our lifestyle, and that produces fear. We need religion, science, our intelligence, and other authorities to guide us until we don't. When you reach the moment of conscious awareness in which you know that the ultimate authority is life, when life moves, guides, and blesses you, practice releasing all other authorities from your life moment by moment. True freedom comes from releasing our attachment to things we think we need or deserve or have worked hard to get. We need to rethink free will and personal choice as our operating systems. I've come to a point that I really don't care if anyone likes me or not. It doesn't concern my daily activities or my life whether or not someone likes me. When you come to a place of complete love and acceptance, that game is over. You won't get into conversations with people wondering what you might say that will upset them. You will be authentic to the truth in every moment of your life to the best of your ability. At the same time, you will be deeply grounded in a space of love and acceptance. 
There is and forever will be only one authority in my life, the divine order of life and the unconditional loving force behind it I call God. Through life, God loves me unconditionally. If this were not so, I would cease to exist. Being in alignment with life is my eternal goal. Unconditional love and acceptance are the tools I use to stay out of my own way. The result is deeper peace. Take an honest and serious look at the many powerful authorities in your life. Evaluate them honestly. Crank up your intuitive knowing and allow life to direct you. Your greatest freedom will come when you make life your only authority. I have an organizational structure in my practice, but there are no bosses. I am a steward of God's creation. We are committed as a group to doing what is in the highest good. We want everyone to be free to do that with us. Those that are ready to be in that space stay, and inevitably, those that are not leave on their own accord or are politely asked to. When you are at peace with life and you no longer need to continually look to appease others who were once in authority, you have begun to trust life. It's important to always remember that you are free, that you do not have to stay in oppression and be a slave to it. Only you can decide, but we all know intuitively what is in the highest good.